And now, Sportsnet Today presents the man, the myth, the legend, the fill-in guy, the man who will never turn down any shift ever. Here he is, Brooke Ward. Well, thank you very much for this very nice intro. Brooke Ward with you here at Sportsnet Today. Yeah, that's me, that's Brooke, that's Ward. I don't even know who I'm filling in for today, frankly. But I'm filling in for somebody today because it's Friday and it's July the 21st and it's Deadsville and I think Sat and the boys are doing their last shift and they're away for a while this afternoon if I've done my math correctly. And I'm in for somebody today. Uh, and uh, so is Ben Basrin, who is uh, producing the program. Good good afternoon, Ben. How are you, my brother? I'm doing great. How are you? Who am I filling in for? Do you know? I don't actually know. <laughs> the show doesn't happen every day. so Really? Usually 12 to 2 is Jamie Dodd and Thomas Dranson for uh, Talk. Ah, uh. But we're doing, this is called Sportsnet Today. The Dodd and Drance duo, or the Drance and Dodd duo. D-squared. Who, D-squared, uh, unavailable for selection, and that was the Canuck show. This next, is Sportsnet Today. Next man up. And next man up. I guess that was uh, four people after they couldn't find the next man up, they found me. Uh, ben is here. Uh, Basran producing the program today. Thanks for being with us, and always appreciate the opportunity to be back on the radio. First day ever on the radio was in 1981. That was the last millennium, folks. That was the last century, folks. And somehow, after 1981, I uh, I still am deep down on a list, but I'm on a list, man. Not everyone can say that. So I thank you very much, uh, Cam Bear and the boys, too, for having me in here. Here today, back Monday, Tuesday... And then Thursday of next week as well, tell a friend. And we will do some damage for you here this afternoon. And hope you find it entertaining enough to tell that friend. Find one and tell him. Ron Toygo's coming up at 12.30 today. The owner of the Vancouver Giants, majority owner. Tonight in Penticton, the 2007 Memorial Cup champion Vancouver Giants will be officially inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. What a team that was who'd lost the year before. But came back the next year, the last year before in the finals, uh, to Medicine Hat. Came back the next year and beat those Tigers in Vancouver. You're going to win it. You may as well win it at home. The Pacific Coliseum victory. Uh, Ron Toygo will be here. We'll talk about that. The Giants are looking for a new head coach. Michael Dick has moved on to join. I, I almost shudder to say it. I feel good for him. He's in the AHL. But he's with the affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's like, if you're going to go anywhere, Michael, really? But uh, he's with the Marlies now in Toronto. And the Giants are looking for a head coach. And if I was ever looking for a reason to cheer on Toronto for any reason, any link at all to the Maple Leafs, this would be it. Michael Dick, great guy. Knew him over the years with the Vancouver Giants as well. Moving on, and so will the Giants. So they are looking for a new head coach. So if you have experience, get your resume in right now. Uh, season's not that far away for the Vancouver Giants as well. Later on in the program, too, BC Lion head coach Rick Campbell of the 4-1 British Columbia Lions set to join us. He's at 1 o'clock, run to go at 12.30, back-to-back guests on the program. Uh, and we'll be talking about the game against the Riders tomorrow. The Lions have opened up the upper deck. They're going to have well over 20,000 fans in the stands. We're starting to see the crowds creep up for the BC Lions. Hopefully, long gone are the days of recent, I should say, of, you know, you're getting 15,000 in there. Games are rumors sometimes. Under Amar Doman, the new owner of the BC Lions, 
Uh, and uh, the way Rick Campbell and the crew have put everything together, they're starting to mold a pretty good-looking team here. That is 4-1 uh, and one out of the blocks this year and a, uh, a point behind the Winnipeg, make it two points, a win behind the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers are 5-2. and two. Lions have a game in hand. Bombers beat Edmonton last night. The Eskimos are 0-7 to start the season. Their worst start since they joined the CFL in the early 1930s, which also, by the way, was the first time I ever did an air shift on radio. But I digress. The 1930s. I have to Google what their record was, the inaugural edition of the Edmonton Eskimos back then. The Elks are 0-7s. This is the worst start in, since the name change anyway. I'm just not used to seeing Edmonton that bad. Winnipeg 5-2, BC 4-1. Saskatchewan is a big four-pointer at 3-2, and two, two behind the Lions. Then Calgary's at 2-3, and three, and the Elks, as mentioned, at 0-7. It's a big game tomorrow. Chance uh, The Lions are unbeaten at home so far this year as well. A chance to express more dominance on the home turf at BC Place Stadium. Four o'clock game tomorrow. Street party starting at one o'clock in the afternoon in the Plaza of Nations uh, or the Terry Fox Plaza, I should say. There's going to be lots going on tomorrow. Very entertaining. The weather's going to hold up. I've really enjoyed the weather lately, by the way, except for one thing. Two things, actually. Hasn't been hot enough. Hasn't been muggy enough. Otherwise, the weather's been great. It's starting to get to me, actually. It's pretty warm. Pretty warm. <laughs> yesterday felt very warm. Uh, anyway, uh, yesterday, you know, all winter long, I wait for this weather. Then you get a few days under your belt. And after you get to five or six or seven days in a row of like 26, 27 degrees, I used to feast on that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner when I was a kid. Now it's kind of like, okay, I love the cool mornings. And that's getting hot, and suddenly I own an air conditioner. I never thought I'd own an air conditioner in my whole life, too. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a little warm and muggy. It's supposed to cool off, over, hopefully, over the next couple of days. It felt cooler coming into the studio today, too. Don't know what it's doing out there now, but there's a no right rain in sight, and the drought continues. It's not warm in the studio. It's cool in the studio. I am like I have an extra shirt on. You layered it. up. I layered up. In the studio here, the AC's on, and I get it, but uh, when I was here a week and a half ago, it was not this cold in the studio. Now I'm like, you know, honestly, Maybe you, know, you got the nerves out a week and a half ago, and you were a bit sweating a little bit, and now you're just used to it. I didn't want to say this because it could be my last time on the air, but I just feel like I must say it, uh, Ben. It's so cold in here, folks. You could, you could hang a clothes hanger off my left nipple. My right one maybe later because it, it's chilly, but now, but I'm just saying, if you need a place to hang your clothes, this is probably where you could do it without any worry at all that it's going to touch the ground. Fresh laundry. Aren't you glad you're here now, Ben? I love it. <laughs> this is very not what Drance and Dodd talk about. I don't know. I'm getting to the, I, I don't know what they, you know, but I'm getting to Canuck stuff. But anyway, it's that, you know, it's a perky nipple kind of day inside here, and I will now stop with the. Nipple talk for the rest of the afternoon. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Anyway, that's our guest list today, Ron Toygo and Rick Campbell, and we'll keep you busy as you cruise through the afternoon. You know the inbox. It's the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Hit me up on anything, any topic, any time. I can use the help. Dunbar Lumber, by the way, three stores that will serve you 
to great fruition. They're in Ladner on Bridge Street, the Dunbar Lumber Express, Ladner Center. They're on our Butis at long, historic, long-time store on our Butis Street in Vancouver. You can catch them online as well at DunbarLumber.com. We also come your way, as you're probably well aware, we're from the Kintec Studios again today. Always from the Kintec Studios. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500, 2,500 five-star reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Lots going on. Have they finished up, Ben, at the Open now? There's still some stragglers at the Open today. I believe the final group is either done or just about to finish. I've got guys on 14. Oh. Or actually make it 15, 16, okay. and still some, you know. The rain's coming in. Is it really? Well, they, they'll get this in. And it's going to be a wet weekend. But I think Tommy Fleetwood should be done He's in at now. five under. He's in, there you go. He's in at five under. Because I had him five under through 17. So mm-hmm. I will uh, hopefully refresh. And Brian Harmon. What's with this dude? Brian Harmon. five. Whoa. He could run under the table you're sitting at right now. Ten, he could run under this table. Uh, 10 under. 65 today. A 665 today. Uh, yesterday he was in with a 67. He's at 10 under, has a five-shot lead over Tommy Fleetwood, who is in the clubhouse. And I do see a couple other stragglers out there, but Jason Day, you throw any names you want at me too, Ben, guys that you're fans of. Jason Day's at three under. There's still two rounds to go. It feels like there's one round to go. Rory's one under. He's nine off the pace. Jordan Spieth at two under. Two under, yeah. It's, and Max Homa, tough day today. He was two over on the day. He's one under. I think what it's going to take, especially if the weather turns, is it's going to take some regression by Harmon. Because a five-shot lead going into bad weather, there's just not enough birdies out there on a course like this. Like I don't know if you've watched enough, but like yeah. the bunkers out here, if you go in one of these bunkers oh, in the fairway, over. It's over. you're just Often. going sideways. Yeah, It's just, let's hit it 20 yards sideways and get on. It's not. It's not ideal for scoring. And when the weather gets bad, you're going to have to hope that Brian Harmon makes some mistakes. And that 18th hole is butchering players. There's mistakes out there to be made if if one chooses to. If you miss the fairway by two yards to the right, it's out of bounds. So there's been eights, there's been nines made by Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, big names on the on that 18th hole. Will that affect Brian Harmon? Could we have some fireworks maybe Sunday afternoon? Well, if I'm if I'm nine back as Rory is, okay, I have to make up four shots basically. I'll worry about that fifth shot, uh, or the ninth shot, I would say on Sunday. But I I need to make up four shots totally tomorrow. Guys have fallen back. I like to look at the high scores. Uh, makes me feel better. Uh, amateur Cristiano Lamprecht yesterday shot a 66. Today he shot a 79. He's eight over. Uh, there's some 75s out there. That 79 though is the that 79 is glaring at the moment. Uh, How about Justin Thomas yesterday with an 83, Yeah, that was, that was nice. Crazy. He had some issues. Speaking of, it was it was a bunker issues for him yesterday? Bunker issues, out of bounds issue. I think he made the 9 on 18. <laughs> Just. There's an 83 out there today. Uh, I'm not going to tell you I've ever heard of this guy before, but Jazz Gen Watanode, something like that. He's 22 over par. But he went 81-83. Uh, Adri Arnas, I have him in the pool. He went 82-81. Dustin Johnson shot 81 today. Nice. 
81. Dustin Johnson. Wayne Wayne could be 147. PO'd. He went 74-81, 13 over par. Uh, John Daly, John Daly? John Daly, 77 today. Back-to-back 77s, back-to-back Paul Coffey's right there for John Daly. He's consistent. He Yes, that's one thing. If you, Phil went 77-74. He's nine over. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I could go on, and usually I do, but there's some 80s in there and some 79s. There's some high scores, but you get to the top of the leaderboard, and that's where the – the gamers are right now at the top of the leaderboard and Brian Harmon at 10 under went 67, 65. Tommy Fleetwood's gone 66, 71. Corey Connors, I believe is the only Canadian that made the cut at two over par. Corey went 70. He shot even par 71 today, 73, 71. That's going on at the open. Anyway, they start at midnight. They play till noon. Uh, that's what they do for the first two days. And that's what I like. I like to come in here and these guys are still, trying to do something on the golf course and finishing up. But uh, they're pretty well, uh, if they haven't all walked into the clubhouse by now, they're close to doing it. So anyway, uh, that's the story. The Open today, they will crush it on the weekend too, try to stay out of trouble more than anything, uh, certainly atop the leaderboard. Uh, one of the topics the boys had moments ago, I do find intriguing, is who will be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks to ride on the back, uh, the, the back of what those guys were talking about. There are people that think that the if you have an obvious choice, and I don't think there is an obvious choice, although I have one for you, but there's only like three guys to choose from who could be captain on this hockey club. You got Pedersen, you got Hughes, and the third guy on the list is Miller, who just is Rick Tockett-like. Rick Tockett-light, I should say. He is Tockett's kind of player. So I know other people, it's got to be, give it to Pedersen. It's got to be Pedersen. He's your best player. Give it to Pedersen. Is he captain material? I'm not in the room, but I wouldn't look at Pedersen. I see the points, but is it all about points? I do want some fire in the eyes. And guys who will chirp at a teammate, hopefully in private and not on the ice, Mr. Miller. But I, I, I do want that in a captain. I can't have a soft-spoken captain. And from Pedersen, I see he's the soft-spoken guy. He's their best offensive player from a forward standpoint. But I'm, I can't throw a C on Pedersen if it's me. Hughes, the guy that they had speak to the fans at the end of the year, open mic in front of 20,000. Sometimes that means who's going to step up and talk to the fans? Hughes will do it. Hughes did it. That can tell you a direction Tockett's looking. That's my leader. That's a guy I'm looking with. He's the guy who's addressing the fans. Stan Smeal used to address the fans at the end of the year. Marcus Naslin, anytime someone the fans needed to be spoken to, whatever it had been, Steamer would do it. Marcus Naslin would do it. You'd see Henrik do it. Trevor Linden would do it. I don't picture Peterson or Patterson forgive me doing it. And Hughes did it, but he's so soft spoken to me that maybe it's different in the room. Those are your two best offensive players. I'd say best players. Certainly if I if I want to add a grit factor into it, sure. And I do, mm-hmm. now that changes the complexion of things to me. There's certainly your two best players on the team, forward, defense, offensive players. Sometimes that's enough for a coach just to go, boom. Is Rick Tockett the type of coach just to go, okay, boom? Or does he go the Miller way? And I think he goes the Miller way. I've been wrong before. 
I can be wrong again, but if I'm pocket, I want a guy who's giving me my 80 to 90 points. He'll go into a corner. He'll drop the gloves. He, I don't need him publicly getting into a Luke Shen argument on the ice or that was brutal when he embarrassed his own goaltender smoking his stick on the back of the net. Go, go, go. That's way different than a player who just breaks his stick on the goalpost or something because he made a bad play at a goal. So I've had others say, well, what about like Jacob Markstrom as an example? He broke his stick on the goalpost after a goal went in. Uh, how come that's not a thing, albeit it was in Calgary? Well, because Miller didn't just walk up to a goalpost after he'd made a bad play or was just upset at a goal going in and smoked his stick against it. He went up and outed his goaltender to do what he wanted him to do despite the stop sign from the coach who was Boudreaux at that time for, I can't even remember who was in goal at that time. Canucks used a lot of them last year. Uh, as to uh, go to the bench, go to the bench, go to the bench. Hey, it's not your call. JT, and don't do that stuff publicly. If you can get him to stop doing that stuff, something Talkit is obviously going to pay attention to. I think Miller is, I don't want to say obvious, but a great candidate. And if he is picked captain, I am not surprised at all others might be because he brings that other factor into it. In the inbox, Miller is obvious most grit. I like to add grit into my captain. Also I, also in the inbox, though, soft-spoken worked for Sedin, for Henrik. Yeah. it's Yeah, De- Henrik and Daniel together, though, and that's a point. But at, at that time, I'm trying to remember, too, they dropped it on Henrik at that point, and, I, and people were saying that was an obvious choice. But I've been in the – again, I haven't been in the locker room with these guys. I was a beat reporter at the time with Henrik and Daniel, so I could go in and see the respect they commanded in that locker room mm-hmm. too. So to be fair, I'm not in the room now uh, seeing how Hughes and uh, Patterson handled themselves. I've been in the room when Horvat was in there, so I see how he handles himself. And not that Horvat was – you know, Horvat was fairly soft-spoken too, frankly. So that's a good point, but if I have an option to go to – and I'd have to go down the roster, too, now when the Twins were, oh, who else was in there that I might throw a C on? I mean, I'm not going to throw it on Alex Burroughs back in that day as an example, but I'm just, and I tossed that name out just because, well, there's a grit factor in there. Who else was in there? Kessler, Bieksa? Uh, Bieksa would have been a really good captain. Mm-hmm. Kessler, I don't know how well Kessler got along with all his teammates. That's my thing about Miller. I, I don't know. I'm no. not in the room either. True. I'm not in the room either, but... You could say that about Miller. The reports last year, yeah. or two seasons ago, where there was a Miller Corhote, there was a Horvat Corhote. I found that there was the Horvat Club and the Miller Club, which right. reminded me of the Messier Club and the Linden Club from years ago. So... Is what that reminded me of. There's two clubs. But now you've got... Hopefully they're getting together with one club because they jettisoned Horvat and kept Miller. My pick's Miller. Do you think it's possible that Tockett's saying, I think it should be Miller, but possibly management or ownership says, we got to reassign Pedersen to this contract. I can see that being a thing. And, and maybe Taka we dangle would this buy in front of him. Taka could buy You're also our captain. This is a big this is a big year for the Canucks coming up to show that they're Massive. taking strides when it comes to making sure Pedersen stays in the fold and doesn't want out. Ramsey and Langley, big question for the captain. Does Miller have the practice habits the coaches are looking for? Uh, we shall see what, what talk it ultimately is looking for first year under, but, uh, I've never heard anything about Miller being like a floater or anyone being a floater 
uh, through practices. And you think they name a captain this season? I think they do. It's now time. It may come through. But at the end of training camp, I think you're throwing a C on somebody. I think they should, but and I think they do. For me, the guy who's most Rick Tockett-like, the guy that Tockett might look and be saying, who will go through a wall? It's Miller. The other guys will. You know, I'm not saying the other guys are n- – are not going to go into a quarter or not go into the tough spots. Pedersen does. Pedersen's so good on both ends of the ice. He knows each goaltender's by name by the end of it. He will go to the crease. But when people, if people are saying it's obvious or the obvious choice is Hughes, is the name I keep hearing over Pedersen, I don't see that. But again, to be fair, I'm not in the room. From my distance, it's got to be, it's Miller to me. Uh, and uh, I like that grit and snarl factor. I just don't want you outing or throwing your own players under the mat or potentially embarrassing your own players when you're on the ice, in particular the goaltending incident. Uh, but when he and, and Shen as well, whatever their issues were, when he and Shen were going off the ice at the end of a period during one of the games in the air, we're yelling back and forth at each other. I'm like, come on, to both of them, take it into the room and keep it in the room, boys. But Miller is a talk-it guy. And that's also a reason why, ultimately, they kept Miller, knowing the direction they are ultimately going with the target. My opinion, that's ultimately the reason they kept Miller over Horvat as well, because he is a target kind of guy. And the Canucks need more grit. We'll see how that factors into the captaincy when the time comes. Your, your thoughts are welcome in the inbox. You know it. Dunbar, Lumber, our friend, 650-650 when we come back. Ron Toigel will join us. The Vancouver Giants 2007 Memorial Cup champions being inducted to the BC Sports Hall of Fame tonight. I'm Brooke. That's Ben. We're both getting it done here. It is Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet Today, Brooke Ward back with you here. The mighty Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 650, the flagship station here in beautiful Vancouver. Ron Toygo, Giants, going to join us in just a minute. The 650-650 Dunbar-Lumber text line. Uh, Hughes is the best candidate. He's great on TV, very articulate. He is uh, He's well-spoken, but uh, I don't, again, if I'm looking for an aura coming away from the player, attitude coming away from the player, something I think you could be in the locker room, really spur the guys on if it needed to be. Things need to be said sometimes. I just don't have Hughes as my best candidate. But again, he's the guy that the Canucks had speaking up on the live mic in front of the crowd at the end of the year. And sometimes that's all you need to know. Uh, Miller is from, uh, for now, anyway, someone in Duncan, or it is Duncan. Duncan, thanks for this. Miller's probably the best candidate for captain in this regime. Let EP and Hughes concentrate on their game as assistants. They need to take a step to make sure these guys, uh, by the way, EP and, uh, and Hughes games coming along quite nicely. I think we've noticed. And another one, uh, Miller's a top point scorer. Not last year, but he's he's up there. I think, what do you have, 80-something points still last year in an offseason, I thought, for him. I didn't think he's doing much. Maybe when Tockett got here, things really picked up for him, too. But anyway, Miller, a top point scorer, gives direction. He'll drop the gloves. He can run the power play decent defensively. He's around for the next eight years as well. It makes sense to give him the C. He's also decent on camera. It is not afraid to speak the truth. I do want someone who is my captain to be uh, decent on camera. I, I will admit that's something I want you to be. 
you got to be you got to face the media constantly and you're the face of the franchise when you have the C on you. Not that it's Aquilini's call. But does he like the snarl of Miller or the soft spoken albeit assertiveness of a Pedersen and a Hughes? And it should not be Aquilini's selection. But uh, Ben had mentioned moments ago, too, if, if the Canucks as an organization are looking for a way to make sure they hang on to Pedersen, will dropping a C on him make him all that more likely to stay if he's actually wearing a C? I don't know. They tried that with Luongo years ago, too, who did hang around for a while. But among other things, let's give Luongo the C, said Mike Gillis. That'll make him feel warm and fuzzy, too. And uh, also we got this l- lifetime contract coming up. Uh, to uh, to Luongo as well. Hit me up with more in the inbox, if you will. 650, 650. Dunbar, Lumber, text line. My choice is Miller, and I haven't even been a big Miller fan. When the selection came down to the Canucks of are we keeping Miller or are we keeping Horvat, uh, although I like Miller's game, and the Canucks do not have enough, not even close to enough snarl right now, they need more snarled guys. Miller's one of those guys. I would have kept Horvat just because I was tighter and had more of a connection to Horvat as well between the two of them. And a, you know, a terrific center who can get the job done both ends of the ice, et cetera, et cetera. Canucks still trying to replace him as well down the middle. But the moment in the offseason, right after basically, well, Signing Miller to the long-term deal told Horvat all he needed to know and told everyone else all we needed to know when I was thinking the Canucks were about to move off Miller and hang on to a Horvat. So the Canucks built the switcheroo on me and kept Miller, jettisoned Horvat, and they got to keep him around for a reason. Uh, Snoop the dog. Miller is a toxic leader. Keep the C away from him. Go with three A's if Peter Hughes aren't ready. Yeah, I don't know what's, again, going on inside that locker room, but if, if he is toxic, and I see your opinion, Snoop, but if he's that, if he was that much of a locker room issue, then I would have, A, not signed him to a long-term deal, not that management cannot make mistakes, stunning as the thought is, but, A, if the Canucks brass thought he was toxic, why sign him to a long-term deal? And if they felt last year he remained toxic, then he's the guy you move if you fly to Taker instead of Horvat. So the Canucks obviously don't feel he's toxic. But I've not loved his attitude a lot over the years that he's been here, frankly, because he just has that look. He's just got that look on his face. I don't like the look of your face. Something I've heard a lot. But he just has that look. But as he's now been ironed through a few years with the hockey club and Horvat's gone and you're looking at the list of availables, Miller's going to be my guy. I th- I just think he's a, he's a talk-it guy more than Patterson or Hughes. And I just think if talk-it has the call completely – Boom, that's a guy he's going to want to put it on. Uh, goalie Dad 26 in Kitsilano. Richard Goalie Dad 26. Miller's too petulant. A loose cannon could take the team down as much as up. 
not Pedersen, who doesn't need the distraction. So you don't want to put the C on Pedersen. Are you going Richard? Are you are you, are you taking the third of three in Hughes? We've we've run out of candidates. Oh, Thatcher Demko. Why don't we do that? Uh, if it takes a C to motivate a player, that's not my captain. You should let your play do the talking. Tell me who you're speaking of the C to motivate the player of. I know I've been jabbering along here, but let me know. Boys, let's get serious. Well, no, the captain will be Studnika. Yes, an underdog. A, an underdog, I would say. A dark horse in the race. But maybe I could throw him in the mix. 650-650 is the Dunbar-Lumbar text line. We're hoping to hook up with Ron Toygo of the Vancouver Giants in just a moment. And uh, unable to connect with him right at the moment, but we'll have them as soon as we can. So keep those texts coming in. I got other stuff, but keep those texts coming. Do we ever take, hey, Ben, do we ever take phone calls, by the way? Only post-game for Canucks. Is that a rule? Is it a rule? Or is it just that nobody calls? I think it's a guideline. It's a guideline? Yeah. Not a rule? I don't think it's a rule. Like when there's a big trade yeah. signing, we'll take calls. I don't expect a lot of calls. Back in the day... And when I was at CKNW, way back in the day with Sports Talk, uh, you did you just walked in and turned the mic on and the phone board lit up. You had a full phone board of calls. Things have changed when texts come about. You didn't need a guest. You just have You just could do two callers. hours of phone calls. That's kind of fun. It was the greatest. Especially like on a Monday. First of all, it was great because it was easy. But <laughs> it was also on a Monday. Things happened on the weekend. And boom. Yeah, if you did not have a guest, uh, whether you couldn't find one or you chose not to, Two hours phone calls. It was it was fun. So okay, the phone. The, yeah. Cam Bear hasn't told me I can't do this. So 604-280-0650. If there's anybody out there now and then, some people say, "Why don't you take some calls?" Because people don't call. So I'm going to throw that today. I'll throw that line out there, and then Ben would have to tell me who called. If anybody, 604-280-0650 is the phone line. And Ben has complete control I'll over I'll take it. their call. If anybody call, Ben is going to answer. He is the doorman. He's the bouncer. you got to get through him. But I'd throw that out. We live in a texting society I now, know, I feel like. I know. People break up with text now. That's, like, common. Have you ever been dumped by a text message? Have you no. ever? Well, how would you get dumped, yeah. first of all? I'm not going to get dumped by exactly. a text message. Have you ever dumped somebody else with a text message? Would Would you? Probably have, not. Have you heard it happening? Oh, of course I've heard it happen. That's, like... My mom raised me right. That's offside. I can't do that. But that's what a lot of people are doing these days. Younger people, I would imagine. Just yeah, like, oh, yeah, by the way. They don't want to go through the awkwardness of, like, let's get a coffee. No. I think we should I, see different people. Whatever. I mean, somehow there has to be some respect where someone did. Exactly. You know, I call you. I got to, you know, I have the balls to call you. Are you keeping? Be careful, Brooke. People, phone calls are cringe and radio death. Thank you for that one. Call me and tell me more. Uh, I'd give you the option, man. Uh, Snoop the dog again. If Petey and Hughes aren't ready, see if one of the new guys emerge in the season. Susie, Ronick, Cole. Yeah, I'm not throwing a C on anybody who's new here. Really? Reed? Reed from Vancouver. Go ahead. You're on Sports Dead 650. Reed, I can't thank you enough, man. You're the, my first Brooke, caller. My, old friend. my first caller, pal. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Um, so... I haven't talked to you in decades, probably, but uh, 
that, that should say something about our age. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, good to hear your shining voice on the radio. That's excellent. Well, you're too kind, my brother. Are you here for the captaincy reason or just calling? Well, just calling, and again, it's not a pity call. I, I <laughs> have the opportunity, so I thought I would call. I will take but, the pity call. That's fine. <laughs> you know, the, the whole captaincy thing, Luongo was a mess in terms of that. But, but you know, I, I, it wouldn't hurt the team, in my opinion, to wait another year before declaring a captain to see, you know, because, you know, the team, I, I think, spoke to Miller, certainly Tockett spoke to him and said, you know, your anger on the ice is alienating you from your teammates and it's not working. And so you've got to do something about that. So that, that seems to have worked. There's been fewer of those events, I would say. Yeah. Um, on the Miller it, front, right? Yeah, on the Miller front, yeah. yeah. It's, I think he's captain material, but I, I don't think, I don't think he's proven that yet. I think he's got to, I'm with you. If he can harness that anger is what I would call it. If he can harness that anger, I'm more likely to throw a C on him. I think Tockett can harness that anger. I I think so. And I think, I mean, it's not like Miller's incorrigible and he can't learn or change, you know, but, but that's, that's something that he's got to work on. Whatever that unfinished business is for him, it's it's got to change. I, I don't think Petey or, or Hughes uh, are ready for a captaincy yet. They don't need the distraction. Uh, you know, Miller, obviously, he's 30 years old. He's not a child anymore, and he could handle it. But I, I don't think it harms them to wait another year. I will take that under advisement, Reed, and thanks, pal. Don't be a stranger. I'm here next week. Don't be a stranger. If I'm allowed to, I, I will open the phone lines up again. Yeah, if if, uh, if, they, if they let you out again, uh, I'll, <laughs> yes. I'll call again. If they let me out of the cage, I will take that call. Thank you, Reed. Appreciate it, my buddy. Two calls in a row, folks. You can still hit me in the inbox. 650-650 presentation of Dunbar Lumber. That's our text line. Raj, the pride of Maple Ridge. Go ahead, Raj. Mr. Ward, how are you doing today? Mr. Raj, I'm better now that you have called. (laughs) Well, it's it's always great to hear you. I remember listening to you on a previous station where you would actually, I think you might have been joking now that I think about it, but you were doing reverse phone-ins. So you were talking about actually <laughs> phoning a random number to get their opinion on sports takes. That wasn't me, but I remember that. I can't remember oh, who did that, but that was like, mistake. although I might have said, I might have said, you might not be wrong, Raj, because knowing me, I might have said, send me your phone number and I'll call you. Yeah, right. that sounds like something I would have done. So, <laughs> so it, it seems to me about the whole debate about the captaincy with the Canucks is that the, the crux is, are people... The fans, executives, people in the Canucks dressing room and whatever, are they looking for, you know, somebody that exemplifies the principles of leadership, i.e. respect of the people surrounding you? Uh, are you able to inspire them to perform better uh, without yelling and screaming at them, of course? Yeah. Um, you know, genuinely getting people to improve the way they do things to achieve the common goal. Uh, so you've got that mentality and that school of thought versus, hey, he's our best player, so we have to make him happy and... He's on the ice all the time anyway, so let's put a letter on. Yeah, sometimes that happens often, and it's just like, the be- okay, it's our best player, so we give him the C. Right, and, and, and one doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they, they have the qualities of the other. Just because you're on the ice all the time and you're, you're you know, racking up the points doesn't necessarily mean that anybody in the room would respect you for anything other than you, yeah. how many points you score. 
Conversely, you know, somebody that's revered as being a good leader, like Luke Shen last year, uh, really should have been a third-pair defenseman, and he shouldn't have been on the ice more than five, ten minutes a game. Sometimes, so, you know, if I want to look, I'm going back. Things have changed since the Messier area, era, Raj, clearly. But if I – sometimes you want that fire and brimstone guy. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just different with the personalities of the youth in the NHL now. But I'm an old guy, so it's like sometimes I want the messy and they're going, hey, wait a minute, give the glare to me that you're not, you know, doing your job or whatever the case is. Depends to what extent that might happen but, if but it was even, Miller. You know, I, th- I think that whole notion's been romanticized and mythologized too. Like, yeah, fine, he might have had, he might have had the look, or he might have grabbed a couple guys by the throat during his time. I'm sorry, talking about messy here. Yeah, but. Really, I mean, is that going to inspire 23 other people? Well, in this era. The, now you, now it's a young National Hockey League. Things did have it, changed. Like, so. even, especially now, but did it really ever? I mean, yeah, I might have gotten through to a couple people that might have thought, like, holy crap, mess is, mess is pissed or, or whatever. Let's. I think they had guys going through the wall. Wrong side, but I mean, going, through the wall, going through the wall for Messier, though. I mean, I think they had guys like yeah, that. But, like, but it's he's mess- just one example, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, even back to Stan Smith, I thank you for your call, buddy. I'm just going to pe- call me again, Raj, the pride of Maple Ridge. I'll put right, back on hold much. there. I, thank you, pal. Appreciate it. It's fun taking a few phone calls now and then. Uh, but even back in Stan Smith's day, Smith could look at you sideways and all that stuff. Messier was a different cat. Gretzky wore a C all the time. You know, was he firing Bernstein, telling guys off in the locker room? Not so sure. But I'm just saying from a talk it era, and he knows things have changed. Would a fire and brimstone captain in the locker room didn't let anybody off the hook? Would that fly today in today's useful National Hockey League? You're going to have guys who want to get out of here. But from a talkit standpoint, I just think Miller's his guy. Uh, phone calls make me cringe. Be careful, Brooke. Okay, thanks. Sorry, man. If PD, oh, anyway, I'm looking for more texts, and I appreciate them coming in. Uh, didn't have time to select Hughes is, uh, this is my, my Richard, the, my goalie buddy in Kitsilino, uh, didn't know we had to select if we came in. Oh, you don't have to, but Hughes is plenty mature to be captain. The Hughes brothers are all mature. There are other Hughes captains, aren't there? Max still around? We'll take Max. Max, go ahead. You're on Sportsnet 650. Hey, uh, just listen here. I got a question about something a little bit different about the Canucks, but, uh, first off, just want to say, I agree with you. I think Miller should be the captain. I think he actually probably goes back to kind of a similar year that he had uh, a year before last and breaks out again. And um, yeah, but a question about something else. Have you guys heard any news? We probably know about the same, but regarding a practice rink for the Canucks, because I think we're one of the only teams now in the whole league without a practice rink. And it's going to be tough to keep some of these high-end guys around in town when we're practicing at Father Bauer where you can't even open the gate or Burnaby eight rinks and they're just driving all around uh, the lower mainland. They're spending a lot of money, aren't they? Uh, aren't they uh, max on, on lots of things? And they talked about having that plastic pla- uh, practice rink at the Plaza of Nations not long ago that I understand that area, the whole area is going to soon, they've been saying for a while, be developed. I haven't heard anything, but if uh, recently, other than that was an area they were looking at originally in that Plaza of Nations spot. And I still don't know if they have the opportunity to do that, but that would be perfect. So That I, would be perfect. Uh, perfect for everybody. Perfect for everybody. So many of the players live in the downtown area probably as well. Uh, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. If I hear anything more, I'll forward it. Cheers. Have a good one. Thanks. Uh, Max was saying 
back when, uh, I think it was Max anyway, or somebody might have been in the inbox, but talking about, we were talking about through somebody in the inbox, what about when uh, Henrik was captain? He's soft-spoken. That didn't seem to hurt. That seemed to work out pretty well. And Max and I were talking about who other candidates would have been back then. Uh, so quickly, that was the 2010, I think October 2010, when Henrik was named captain. So you had Henrik and you had Daniel. Uh, Kessler was still with the team coming off a 41-goal season. At the time, so here I am saying Miller, at the time in 2010, I was saying Kessler. Kessler's the guy. And I was obviously incorrect. So when I'm sitting, BX was on that team too. Uh, BX was on that team too, and that was something that Ben had mentioned. Uh, and he, I thought he would have been a great candidate. But I thought they were going to go Kessler, Kessler way. BX would have been a great captain. I You're, think just would have been awesome. Yeah. Especially everything we know now. Oh, yeah. Easy to look back, but I'm just saying, like... Well, I'm in the room then. Then I'm in the room full-time, night and day, all the time, every practice, every game, pre-game, post-game with the, the people I was working for. Bieksa was, like, the man. Tons of respect. Oh, he was just, like, the man. And then, you well, you got Henrik and Daniel and, and Kessler floating around. I thought they'd go Kessler Road, though, and they didn't. So here I am saying, I don't know they're going to go down J.T. Miller way, but that is the way... I would go. Malhotra Warne in the yeah. 2011 season as well. Yeah. They had a lot of A's floating around back then as well, but I didn't have Manny as my captain material, given the other guys that were around. But then ultimately, Kessler said, get me out of here. I don't want to rebuild. Get me out of here as fast as possible. And so I'm glad there was no C on him, frankly, at the time, if that's the way you're going to be. But uh, interviewed Kessler many times, one-on-one, two, on sit-down interviews. Nicest guy. Nicest Nicest guy in the world was really terrific. One time was talking about the Olympics. So he's off air talking to me about the Olympics and how he said, yeah, I didn't like how the the Vancouver fans treated my family here when they were, had their Kessler Jersey on and the Vancouver fans were all over. That was after Kessler said, what was it? We hate Canadian. We hate Canada. We don't, we, we hate those guys. And whatever. was trash talking Luongo saying he looked shaky. Yeah. We're going to get to him. Yeah. But, but when he was saying the fans here were really hard on my family when they would see them in public. And he said, that was, that was very uncomfortable. Yet at the same respect, I'm thinking, yeah, I might want, not want to wear that Kessler Jersey when you're, <laughs> when you're walking around town, you're going to get some attention too. But, but he was the nice guy. Just about everybody. Most of the guys, they're all just real nice guys. But uh, what an honor to have talked to them so long. Who we got? Who we got, Ben? We got Paul and Poco. We got Paul and Poco. Paul and po- Poco. Paul, my friend. Welcome to Sportsnet 650. Go. Thank you very much. And uh, I remember those old school days, too, eh? With Sports Page, all the calls that we used to do with Brian Burke and, and Gallagher and all those guys out there. Um, it was it was fantastic uh, radio. Not that uh, today's um, any worse for wear, but uh, here we are. I want to let you know that, in my opinion, there is no Canuck that stands out to be captain. I think we need three A's, you know, Miller, EP, and Hughes. Put a three A's, and then we can see how they all turn out. But my biggest question, and the one question I would have to ask Alvin, if it was possible, is what is their game plan if our team fails to make the playoffs again next year. So next year we're going in and we finish in the bottom third of the league again. What is the game plan? And I'm just wondering if you guys have an idea what it is. Well, the game plan always seems to be try and get eighth place. And the makeup I see of the hockey club right now, Paul, is they might sneak into the playoffs. So that just seems to be the goal every year. 
But otherwise, the let's just say whatever the Canucks and other teams around the NHL are doing, nosing up against the cap. I mean, if you're an eighth, even if you're an eighth place team and your nose is just pushed up against the cap glass, total recipe for disaster still. Uh, but th- with cap expanding next year, I believe they're going to ride this out this year. They think they're better than I think they are. See what happens. But then, Paul, they're going to see if the cap expands by five or eight mil next year, and they, like everyone else, has more money to spend, and they can look to see areas they need to shore up. You, what, what what's your take? Well, actually, you know, that extra five mil is going to be eaten up by the OEL uh, buyout. Um, so we're actually not going to be progressing at all with the cap space. And you have, to give a, you have to give a raise to Pedersen if he's staying. Oh, absolutely! You got to give him. You got to pay him. And uh, the other, the other big issue for me is the fact that you know, look at the guys that we've that we've lost. So you know, Ethan Bear and uh, and 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 um, Shen anyway. and Schneider. Yeah, Shen. Sorry. And uh, what did we replace him with? I mean, is Ian Cole and uh, Sosie any better than those two guys? Yeah. I don't think so. Thanks, buddy. And, I appreciate. Uh, sorry, I had to cut you. I'm yeah. just tight on time now. But phone me again though someday. It's fun taking calls. I appreciate that. Uh, a little over two million, two and a half million, whatever. I think is the cap hit for OEL next year. So if the cap's up five million, you have a little to play with. And your other point is, you do have to realize, like OEL's contract was the big thing. He wasn't the player he used to be. So OEL's contract was the huge thing. He was a steady defenseman. I had no issues with him playing defense. Uh, but you're going to say, okay, then I got a steady defenseman that's out. I've got Ethan Bear, my right hand shot that's out, and I brought in Susie and Cole. Am I and Matt Irwin? Am I further ahead with those three guys than last year? Is my defense that much better? And then you've got the wild card. I will call it Philip Pronick and how bad that shoulder is. Is he going to be healthy? He is the defensive wild card when it comes to improving the hockey club. Thanks for calling. Uh, apologies couldn't get you at this point anyway. Uh, the owner of the Vancouver Giants, uh, Ron Toyga, will continue to try for the next hour of the program. We have hit halftime. Coming up next, BC Lions play tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Oh, the rivals from Saskatchewan are in town. Rick Campbell, head coach, set to join us. I'm Brooke. That's Ben Basran. We're all doing the damage right here, Sportsnet 650. Part two, hour number two, second half kickoff here, Sportsnet 650. It is Sportsnet today. Rick Campbell, head coach of the BC Lions, to join us. My buddy Jimmy Mullen just retweeted on Twitter a tweet from Nathan Rourke that is showing him and his professional shots, his pictures, his photo shoot wearing the colors of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Wearing number 18, I think. Uh, but uh, it's like it's kind of I kind of go ouch still. But the Lions seem to be doing pretty well with Vernon Adams Jr. and with their head coach too, uh, Rick Campbell, who joins us right now. Hello, sir. How are you, Rick? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Nathan Rourke. I don't know if you've seen these pics, but he looks good. It's a nice looking uniform, but look better in BC though. Yeah. No, we're we're happy for him. I wouldn't root against the guy. So. <laughs> Um, you know, good on him, and we'll see how he does. There's hurdles to climb there, though, right? I mean, it's not a given he makes that club. Would you? Say? I don't want you to disrespect Nathan Rourke, but, I mean, it's not a given. He's got to earn a spot, right? No. I mean, he had to earn a spot with us. When we announced he was going to be our starter last year, people were questioning that. So I think he's been uh, questioned through a lot of 
steps in his career. And uh, like I said, I just would never bet, bet against the guy. Got the riders tomorrow, my friend. I did want to ask you, since I'm, I'm going to tie this into Nathan Rourke, at least into quarterbacks, but Vernon Adams Jr., 8-3 and three for BC right now, 25-15 and 15 in 40 career starts in the Canadian Football League. You do have a quarterback here. What, what impresses you about him? Yeah, he's sure been good ever since we got him. He came in last year after Nathan got hurt and, and was able to step in in a matter of a couple weeks and, and do a really good job for us. And, uh, you know, we were really fortunate to acquire him last year. And uh, I know our, our guys love uh, playing with him. And uh, he, he's just done a great job. of uh, he's, he's a super good athlete, but he's also really smart, and he understands our offense now really well. And so he's done a, done a really good job for us. What's he doing on the field that dazzles you? Uh, I think he's, ha- he ha- he's developed some patience. You know, so if, if that, everything doesn't have to be a home run ball all the time. And he, he's really taken what the defense gives him. And I think he's also done a really good job this year of using his legs so that if the play breaks down and he needs to either buy time to throw or go go run for a first down, he does it. So he's got a good feel for the game. You touched on this moments ago, too, but the fact that you knew he's your starter this year, he didn't have to come and learn an offense in a week and a half or so, Rick. How much of a difference has that made? It, it's huge. You know, like I said, he did such a good job last year in a matter of weeks of really taking a crash course on – learning our playbook and, you know, the players he's playing with, all that stuff. And, you know, now, now that he had a full off season of knowing our, our offensive coordinator, knowing the playbook, knowing the players that he was going to play with, it just, uh, you know, allows you to start training camp at a much higher level. So uh, I'm happy for him that he has some continuity and, um, you know, is able to grow and develop and get chemistry with our guys. I don't know if you've noticed or not too, but uh, boy, it he's got a lot of, receivers to choose from i would suggest your receiving core yeah. is incredible so i mean that also can help vernon and everybody but have you had a receiving core like this before uh it's a it's a really good group and we've got some continuity we made a decision a couple of years ago to go with some new people and some young guys and um you know these guys were all all really the first time they played all together was last year and um, it's just nice to have that continuity. It's such a big thing, and in, in, especially in football, all the sports, but especially in football is when you get some continuity and chemistry, it makes a big difference. And so, um, you know, they play well as a unit. You pretty well answered. I'm going to ask you this anyway. When did it start to come together then? Last year when you kind of noticed things really start to gel? Yeah, well, my first year, which was the COVID year, which was – a shortened season we didn't have the we you know i think we were five and nine but there were definitely signs of life and we played a lot of close games and we thought we had a lot of good players and that we just needed to add a few and then you know since that time we were you know 12 and 6 last year and won a playoff game and you know we're just trying to to keep that up and and keep it going and um you know, go from there, see if we can do better this year. So that's when it started to come together. Why did it start to come together too, Rick? Was it the, the mix or, or what was going on in there that when you really said, even just adding a certain player or two to a position that you went, whoa, okay, I can see us heading in the right direction. Yeah, like I said, even a couple of years ago, I thought we were going in the right direction. And then it's a matter of just getting yourself over the hump and, and winning close games and, we invested in some younger coaches and younger players that we wanted to see develop that we thought had a lot of ability and talent. And um, it's fun to watch people grow and develop. And like I said, we still got a lot of work to do and 
we'll keep doing it. Where has the team improved the most over the last year? Um, I think I think we have a, a good level head about us from the standpoint of in close games we um, we don't get phased, we don't get too high or too low. We keep working and chipping away at it, and that's kind of what the good teams do in all of pro sports, including football. The talent level is pretty similar, so. A bunch of the games are really close and kind of come down to the wire. And the teams that don't get phased in the fourth quarter uh, tend to do well. And so our, our guys have had a knack for making plays when they were ne- when they're needed this year. When it's either to you know stay ahead on the scoreboard or to make a big play to turn the game, our guys have had a knack for doing that. And we need to continue to do that. Rick Campbell with us, head coach of the BC Lions. The Riders are in town tomorrow. It is a 4 o'clock game. The fun starts well, the fun starts right now if you want it to, but it starts officially at 11 o'clock in the Terry Fox Plaza tomorrow with a whole bunch of things. You get five hours of entertainment leading up to the football game as well. Uh, so Amar um, Doman continues to, to get it done here and do things the right way in BC. Uh, this Winnipeg team is now two points in front of you. You had the game in hand. You beat them once this year too. Uh, do you think it's going to – I hesitate to ask who it's going to come down to, but the Bombers always seem to be there, Rick. Yeah, they do. They've been really good the last few years, and the whole West is good. Any of the West teams can can beat anyone. So we really got to take this thing one one game at a time, and we've been trying to put wins in the bank early so that we we stay in the race, and it's no different tomorrow. It's a West team. It's at home, and so it's another big game for us. But we're, we're really trying to do a good job of just staying in the moment and uh, – literally taking it one game at a time and it'll be a fun game tomorrow it'll be a good atmosphere i know they open the upper deck and so should be a fun atmosphere tomorrow four and oh and games against the west this year as well so that's pretty cool and here is saskatchewan what do you look for riders lost their starter and trevor harris last week mason fine is now their starter sometimes a wounded team is a is, is a dangerous team what do you look for from the riders tomorrow yeah their qb it's you know it's their there it's new this week but he's been around with them for three years so he knows the cfl and he knows the riders and they're they're really athletic and and make some big plays their punt return team scored two touchdowns last week which is not easy to do so they got plenty of talent on their team they got a winning record and so we'll have to play really well to beat them but i know our guys will be up for the challenge there's funny mario alford with the two punt returns uh, for touchdowns against the stamps last week people like me say Alfred had the punt returns. People like you say their punt return team had. It's more than one guy, right? It's got to all line up right. Yeah, he's a special player. He's super fast. That's why he can score touchdowns. But it takes eleven other guys blocking, and uh, um, you know, special teams takes a lot of work in order to cover kicks and to return kicks. Terry Williams, third in the league on return average of kick returns. He's about due to bust one himself, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's been a really steady player for us and uh, definitely uh, really helped our return game since he, we acquired him last season. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if he can score one, but we got to do a really good job of blocking for him up front and let him, let him work his magic. A couple more minutes with Rick Campbell. No, it's been a long day, long week too, Rick, and you had media uh, festivities out in Surrey earlier today too. So thank you for doing this very much, my friend. Uh, what makes your defense so good? What's been the key for your defense this year? Playing as a unit, we, uh, we're we not just a one-trick pony. We don't need just one player to make plays. We, we tend to do it as a group, and, uh, and, and so that's good. We got 12 guys working and running to the ball, and I like our coaching staff too. Our whole, our whole coaching 
staff is back for another year on the defense and, and they're getting better and growing and, um, and doing a great job with the group. So we're really a, a strength and numbers type operation on defense. And again, we've had a knack for making plays when they're needed. And, uh, you know, we're going to need to continue to do that tomorrow and for the rest of the year. What have you been feeding Matthew Betts? Nine sacks. Yeah, it's fun to see him. He's a super hard worker and he plays with a hard, uh, high motor, what we would call a high motor with great effort all the time. And it's, it's nice to see when that translates those guys that, that work hard, that that hustle pays off. And, you know, he's a player that just keeps getting better each year. He, he understands the game better and, you mix that with his 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 tenacity and his effort. It's a, it's a good thing. By the way, I did want to ask you when you were with Edmonton, Rick. I mean, you 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 work with some fine coaches, but Don Matthews, the late Don Matthews, was one of them. What do you what do you recall about Don? What you learned from Don back in the day? He you know he would think outside the box, which is a really important thing. He would uh, he's willing to innovate. He's really to, he's willing to look at things in a different way, not just do something because everybody else does it that way. And I think that's the the biggest lesson I took away from him is to make sure you always look at things in a different way and make sure, uh, make sure you're doing it the best way. He was in an, I mean, I, I was a young media reporter in deep reporting for the lions back in the eighties when Matthews was here, he was an intimidating guy to walk and ask questions to. I mean, if you if I asked yeah. Don something he didn't like, Don would let you know. Yeah, no, he could be a little grouchy at times, but <laughs> I think he had a good heart, and uh, I, I think you're right about that. If you didn't know him, he could uh, surprise you once in a while. But as as you got to know him, he was a good he was a good guy. I got called on the carpet once or twice into the coach's room there out in Surrey. It's probably the same carpet. I hope not. I hope they changed the carpet since the '80s. But uh, I hope so too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You could smell the beer he spilt in there still, maybe on that carpet. I don't know. Uh, what What's missing for you? What motivates you? You've accomplished a lot. What's missing? I love going to work every day. I guess I don't really view it as work. Um, our guys have been great to work with. We've we've really made an effort, too. you got to have talent, but uh, we want to put as many quality people in our organization as we can, and uh, we're fortunate to have done that. Our, our guys are a pleasure to work with. We don't have a lot of drama and uh, it's fun. I, you know, I get to go, go coach football tomorrow and, and be a part of a football game at BC Place. So feeling like a pretty lucky guy. Things could be worse. I know. Uh, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it very much, my friend. Again, busy day, and you take extra time for us here. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And thank you. You're good. I hope we see everybody out there tomorrow, and uh, have a good weekend. You're the man. You're the myth. He is a legend. He is Rick Campbell. He is. The son of Hugh, the legendary Hugh Campbell as well. Uh, yeah, the Lions, so many things with the Lions. Matthew Betts, nine sacks. Halfway towards Brent Johnson, the former BC Lion. What a oh, what a player Brent Johnson was. Halfway towards Johnson's Canadian record of 17 sacks. That was set eh, almost 20 years ago. The overall, the all-time single-season record for sacks 26 and a half sacks recorded in 1984, 16-game schedule, too, for James Quick Parker, who revolutionized, if you're old, old enough to remember James Quick Parker, revolutionized the rushing game. Stood. Other guys get down in the crouch and rush. He would stand outside the defensive line. Almost a head start. And almost unstoppable, too. 26 and a half sacks. To a game, basically. 
for James Quick Parker. And then Brent Johnson, 17. And we're the season just started. You're five games into the season here. Betts has nine sacks, two a game, basically, speaking of James Quick. In fact, he's, he's more percentage-wise than James Quick's Parker right now. And you're, you're five games into the season. So we keep an eye on Matthew Betts. He's hard to miss. Big number 90 for the BC Lions out there. Big smile on his face all the time, too. Uh, Lions defense has been stingy, stingy, stingy. They barely trailed this season as well. But their, their defense has allowed only five touchdowns. One major given up by the Lions defense in their two home games. Uh, the Lions also rarely trail this year. In fact, in all their wins, in all their four wins, they've only trailed once, and that was less than three minutes against Winnipeg when they came back to beat the Bombers. They trailed for two minutes and 41 seconds. In the four wins, the Lions have led for a total of 190 minutes and 29 seconds. Wow. They've scored at least one point in 17 straight quarters. You have to go back to their first game of the year at home against Edmonton when they had a, a scoreless quarter. I think that was the first quarter as well. Thanks to Matt Baker, too, the Lions PR guy, one of the many guys doing a great job for the Lions for uh, hooking us up with uh, the head coach of the Lions and also filling us with some stats as well. Lots to love about the BC Lions. Dunbar Lumbar text line. I knew I blew it. I said the Lumbar, didn't I? Dunbar Lumber text line. 650, 650, any topic, any time. Three stores to serve you. They're in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express, Ladner Center. Or Arbutus in Vancouver, that historic shop at Arbutus in Vancouver. You can catch them online as well at DunbarLumber.com. We come your way from the Kentech Studio. Kentech Footwear and Orthotics, folks. Candlers. Favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2,500. I'm talking 2,500 five-star Google reviews. You can find your perfect fit. I'm talking perfect fit at kintech.net. Too much caffeine in my coffee. Decaf maybe be a good idea, Brooke. Ben, how you feeling? You want to try phone lines again? You want to go to see if we can do the daily double here on phone lines? I'm up for it. Let's try this. If the people are. If the people, it's up to the people. You can text us any anytime, 650-650. But in the first hour of the program, I dared, we dared, it's a team here, Ben and I dared to open up the phone lines. And lordy, lordy, a we few got a few people calls. People answered the bell. People called. There was a bell. It was answered, man. 604-280-0650. Love your thoughts of the Lions. Can they sustain this? What do you think of Vernon Adams, what he's been doing here with Vancouver on a day in which Nathan Rourke posts a picture of himself, the team photo shoot, wearing the colors of the Jacksonville Jaguars on Twitter. And, yeah, he looks good. But Nathan is – it's an uphill battle to make that team. There'll be other teams, though, but he's in a dogfight to try and make it. Your thoughts on that are welcome. We're talking the captaincy of the Vancouver Canucks, too. Who are you giving a C to next year? Are you giving a C to anybody? We were talking about the fire and brimstone of J.T. Miller. You're looking at Patterson. You're looking at Hughes. Is J.T. Miller the guy you want to put a C on? 
if he's not a, I'm going to use a D word here, if he's not a dick in the locker room, then I'm putting a C on JT Miller because I that drive and determination, the, the nastiness, I don't want to say meanness, but the nastiness, that snarl on the ice, I like that. Marco and Surrey? Franco. And Franco Frank. and Surrey. Sorry, Franco. Go ahead, my brother. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I'm going to go off track from your captaincy and all that stuff. Anywhere you like, my uh, brother. Okay. I think that, you know, um, we need somebody to fill in as opposed to having um, Brooke and, and Harf or Hess or whatever he is. Um, do back-to-back double shots on here. Of telephone like, calls? Let's, let's get you, you live. You don't like back-to-back? You don't like... You, you, sorry, Franco, you're calling me to say you don't like the fact that we open up phone lines. No, I love the fact that you open up phone lines. Um, it's, you know, we we listen to the same show back-to-back in the morning. Oh, I hear what you're like saying. what? Why aren't you doing it? Oh, yeah, a great, you're the smartest guy yet, Franco. That's called Thank in. You. Uh, yes, there are re- there are some repeats on the radio station. It's the the way all stations are rolling these days. Whether you're getting feeds out of Toronto or there's repeats and things like that, uh, budgetary reasons is what I would tell you across the board when it comes to uh, all media in Canada. Frankly, whether it's ourselves or any of the other affiliates too. Uh, there's money crunches everywhere and that's why you hear it. And not that you want to hear show back to back as an example or shows coming out of Toronto, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's, that's how a lot of stations are rolling now. And stations have done that to a degree, some of them anyway, through the years, even back in the old 1040 days, I mean, in the evening, you'd have, you'd have full programming during the day, Monday through Friday, but in the evening, it was boom, ESPN Radio or wherever you were get your satellite feeds from. It's been done even back on the TSN 1040 days and the Team 1040. Why well, give the other guys credit? Team 1040 days uh, back in the early 2000s, the Jim Rome show or the Dan Patrick show would just drop on you. Uh, they were popular, but they were also budgetary reasons. And then when things started picking up, uh, I guess financially, et cetera, et cetera, and things started booming, they, we got more live programming. And guys like me got gigs. But I thank you very much for your call and your input, bud. And uh, I would love it if every radio station and every television station was all 24-7 brand new. But uh, unfortunately, there are reruns happen in this era. It's going to be interesting to see where we all are in five and ten years, if anywhere as the industry has definitely changed. I appreciate your call, though, my brother. Your your call on any topic, welcome. 604-280-0650. Hughes all day long for captaincy, says somebody in the box. Pedersen says he doesn't want to create a headline. Uh, I I don't recall this. I'm not saying he didn't. But after Pedersen said he doesn't want to create a headline by saying something, that tells me Pedersen's not ready. Uh, I didn't hear that quote, but if he said that, it's like, yeah, I'd like to stay further away from the microphones. If Pedersen, if that's the thought process of Pedersen, okay, enjoy the A, and now I'm looking at Hughes or Miller, in my mind, is certainly the direction that I would go as well. Uh, Let's see. I like the Lions talk. Well done. That's good. We'd like to get you. 
some Lions talk. Chef Swagger, Dollywell, Chief Swagger, as Dollywell calls him. Brooke, going to the game tomorrow, looking forward to hearing, I don't know about this, Chef, your sultry voice over the PA tomorrow. Does my voice sound sultry right now? Dan, I don't know if I should be asking you this or it's a question. Does this sound sultry to you? I don't think it's sultry. What's that? Chief Swagger says he's that I have a sultry voice. Hmm. I, I, I have to Google sultry. You do, in a way. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for chipping in. It's Ben Basran. <laughs> Joining us. Moment. Sultry? What? Yeah, I never really thought about it, nor do I wish to. Well. Uh, yeah, I know. Nor do I wish to. First I down, Lions. First down. First down. There you go. No que- Rob in Burnaby, no question. It must be JT Miller for captain. Uh, no one else on this team has the same fire as Miller. I'm, I'm going down Miller Road. Rod in Langley, I believe. Go ahead, Rod. You're on Sportsnet 650, my friend. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just had an idea for the Dome, uh, just to make it more interesting to go there and watch the BC Lions game. And I've been trying to get a hold of Doman, but I, I can't find an email. Anyways, <laughs> I thought since the upper deck is always not full, and I know it is open for tomorrow, but why doesn't Herb take some of all that lumber he has and build some decking up on the upper deck so like he can sort of have a walk around area, you know, and watch the game and, that and have a little bar area. You know what I mean? Like, isn't this, that interesting? Like, if you want to yeah. say back at the, you know, it's different ball of wax, but at the Coliseum, you could walk around the concourse level and still see the game. You can exactly. do that. You could do that at the Langley Event Center. You could have a. Right. I don't know there if those go. seats are removable out there, like the first couple or three rows, and they're staggered. Yeah. They're staggered. But if you remove the yeah. first row of uh, seats, if you could, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and then just like even like even deck it a bit, you know what I mean, and just yeah. put just put little standing bars there where you can just yeah. mingle and talk and and watch the game and you know it yeah, brings up a great. I, you could even and you read my mind. You could even if it wasn't even going to be a mingling area, you could put like the hey y'all porch showed at Nat Bailey Stadium. You could put a couple yeah. of rows of tabletops up there as an example in front of the chairs, and people exactly. could. Buy, hey, I got center field seats in row one and two or so of the upper deck, and yeah. you could cater it. It could be like a, a deluxe area. That's a great idea. Exactly. Exactly. That's could a you great idea. <laughs> I know. They should hire you. I'll t- if I see Amar tomorrow, I'll tell him. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. you want break first and another call, or do you want the call first and the break first and then the call? We'll break first. We have another Let's caller on hold, and we need you as well. Join us in the phone line. Hey, man, it's old school, and that's me. I'm old. Brooke Ward with you. Old school again right here and taking phone calls, 604-280-0650. The Dunbar Lumber Text Line, 650-650. Do some damage there, too. Tell a friend. We're here until 2 o'clock on Sportsnet 650. One thirty-two in the afternoon in beautiful downtown Vancouver. Brooke Ward with you rocking and bopping the hits. The place to be, Sportsnet 650. I'm winded. I'm winded now. All hits all the time, ladies and gentlemen, this Sportsnet 650. Ben Basran and Brooke Ward doing the damage here. Whew. 
DJ now, Ben. Lightheaded now, man. <laughs> I've been lightheaded all day. Uh, by the way, uh, our, our uh, program director, Cam Bear, just came in and said it's it's cooking outside. So the AC is working well in here. It's it's hot outside. My only complaint about the weather, I think I mentioned it earlier, it's just it it's not hot enough, and it's not humid enough, and it's not steamy enough, and it's not sticky enough. If it was all those, I mean, I take humid out of there. But otherwise, one big complaint about the weather, oh, yeah, it's 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 not sweaty enough. I like this morning, never mind just doing the roll-on thing. I have strapped the full men and speed stick under each armpit today. Slightly uncomfortable. Upside, though, keeps me dry, and my bicep bulges a little bit more. It goes over well with the ladies. There you go. There's your tip for the day. If you remember nothing else from this program, remember that. And you won't get broke up over text. Exactly. You'll never forget it. You may as well remember what I just said. Uh, anyway, if you want a phone line, we got one for you, 604-280-0650. Uh, my, uh, my goalie dad in uh, Kitsilano's back again. You get, you get a hobby. Uh, maybe this is it. Last kick of the can. Give the captaincy to Kuzmenko. Tockett is grooming Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko. Uh, Cro- Crockett is grooming. Let's start over again. My friend goalie dad. We'll take care of this in editing later, folks. You'll never even know. My friend Goalie Dad 26 in Kitsilino is back. Last kick of the can. Give the captaincy to Kuzmenko. Tockett is grooming Kuzmenko with all the sitting. Richard, the Goalie Dad. There could be something to that. Hot take. Hot take, number 53. We have to have hot takes one time. Lions season ticket holder here. Uh, we could win the Grey Cup this year, but Adams throws some absolute no-brainers. At least five times a game, whether he gets picked on those, that will be the difference. We have a great defense. Will he get picked? And Vernon Adams does have a tendency to throw into coverage a little too often. He threads the needle at times as well, but when he gets picked, it's usually into double or triple coverage. Circa the Argos game. So you're going to have to, yes. You're going to have to uh, not... Uh, you want to be thrifty with the football. Don't be be thrifty, not risky. Jump out in a white rock now. Gavin, hang it on for us. Thanks, Gavin. Appreciate it. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? I just wanted to give my thoughts on um, who I think uh, deserves the captaincy, or well, maybe not who deserves it, but just on Pedersen. Uh, and uh, first of all, I wanted to say that um, if we could somehow leverage, you know, Pedersen being captain into, you know, him signing here long term that would be awesome but a part of me that worries me is that he obviously doesn't seem eager to commit to the captaincy and I don't want to like just make an assumption and say it's because hey he might be thinking of leaving and he doesn't want to do the fan base like that uh but that is something that just uh, an overthinker like me thinks about mm. uh and then on when it comes to Hughes Quinn Hughes I personally I know a lot of people are, are saying it'll go to him or uh, they want it to go to him but I just feel like uh Character-wise, like, he's a great person, but I just feel like he's a little quiet. And I feel like you need a louder voice. Uh, that's just how I view it. Uh, when, you know, when I, uh, when I, even when I, like, coach, like, minor kids. Now, obviously, mind you, these guys aren't minor kids. They're, they play in the NHL. Um, you kind of want that loud voice, uh, someone who's not afraid to speak out. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to choose who I want to be captain today, give it to Roberto Luongo. I know. That is my answer. Undefeated. Luongo is a captain. <laughs> Thanks, Gavin. And then Demko's here, too, so you could drop it on Demko if you want. 
Uh, but uh, the thing with the Luongo front, by the way, back then was like it was a whatever move. It was a it was a suck up move to make sure Roberto stayed in Vancouver. That type of thing. I mean, it all flowed into that, obviously. And uh, but at the time, I'm thinking you need a captain at that point who can go argue calls with the officials, discuss calls with the officials, complain to the ref, whatever. Roberto, can I leave my crease to go out to Center Ice after every bad call? And argue with the officials? Can I go out after there's been a fight and the officials are getting together and they're trying to decide who's getting all the penalties and they're all gathered right out there at center ice and the captains are standing back three or four feet waiting for decisions? Can I send Roberto out there? Which was always one of the things. Like, well, I'm the captain, but I mean, am I the captain? I can't do anything, but I and I can't even wear a C either, but I'm the captain. It was just like a dumb thing to do at the time. But uh, and not a publicity stunt. If some people thought that's what it was, in my mind, no, 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 not a, not anything like that at all. Because some people say, well, it's getting headlines. It's going to get attention for the team. Uh, it was just a reason to try and keep Roberto happy. Then, of course, they said they'd trade Roberto, and then they they couldn't or wouldn't, so they traded Corey Schneider, and then poor Roberto had to come back and play. And I think you know the rest of it. It was not a kind era. After all that shook down, after the Stanley Cup run of 2011, and then. After the Stanley Cup run, the Canucks have basically been run into the ground. Hopefully different this year. Uh, another text into the inbox, inbox at 650-650. It's from Burke in the loops. Brian Burke is in Kamloops. Awesome. Uh, Burke says, Patterson all day for the sea. Hardest work in Canuck. Practice and games. Quiet? Question mark. Well, it doesn't seem to affect the leadership of Nasland or the Sedins. And, uh, yeah, I've got Patterson quieter than those other guys who I knew more because I was in the locker room with those guys. But uh, there are some quiet guys certainly out there who quietly go about. I mean, was Joe Sackick all fire and brimstone? I don't think so. Was Steve Eiserman all fire and brimstone? I don't think so. But Eiserman, for example, threw the wall, and you saw that look of competitiveness on his face all the time, and Sackick had it too. And that's why... Those quiet guys carry themselves in a different way, willing to do anything to win. That's where I have the Twins. That's where I have Naslin as well. And that's where I have Pedersen. But I just don't I don't have Pedersen as captain material. I just don't. And I'm not saying there's a lack of leadership there. I just don't have him up in the, in the, the crow's nest of captaincy. And if he's actually been out and saying that, oh, I'm not sure I, you know, I see something wrong, I get roasted and all that stuff, well, then he doesn't really want the weight of that sea on him either. So if there's no clear-cut option right now... Miller's, I think, I think Miller's every, my clear-cut option. But right. Go. But if we're looking at this text box and our phone calls and saying, it should be Miller, Pedersen, or Hughes, would it be that bad to go another year to not have a person where the C, see how the team does, yep. see who takes a step forward individually. Maybe the Canucks make, a play, make the playoffs. Maybe someone steps up in the locker room towards the end of the year. That makes it easier. That is something they could do for sure. But me, you don't think I they want, want to. Well, I want a guy, I'm speaking to me, mm-hmm. and I think they, they want to slap a C on somebody. We've had a couple texts too saying, big deal, what isn't this overrated? Who cares who the C is? Oh, no, it means a lot to the players. The player who, the player who wants the C and gets the C, in reference to somebody in our inbox, that player wants that C. It is a thing. I'm wearing a C. So someone in our text box an hour ago asked, is wearing the C now... You know, does, does it mean as much as it used to? That's the person I'm referring to okay. as well. Okay. And I, I, yeah, yeah, it does. And I think the players 
the players on the team too. I mean, you're just naming captains. You're trying to pick a, whether it's the Vancouver Giants or whoever. It means something. It's still a big deal to get a C. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of you're wrong. You're so wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me. <laughs> I feel like in today's game, yeah, it usually just goes to the best player or one of the best players. Often Whereas does. before, maybe before my time, it went to the actual best leader, the yeah. best person who deserved it, who could galvanize yeah. the troops. Like I mean, is is how fast till Connor? They're looking for a new captain in Chicago. How fast can they throw it on Connor Bedard? Totally. Like, it'd be ridiculous to do it. The guy hasn't played a shift, but that's running through my mind. We, who's your best player? Now, Connor McDavid, back to back Connors, mm-hmm. uh, double shot of Connors actually. If you think about it, uh, anyway, he got the C. But when they did, they just fired it on him. Even Ovi back. I mean, these guys obviously have 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 grown and whatnot. But it seemed to me, well, that's our highest score, so give him the C. And even back in the day with Ovi, I was thinking, well, okay, well, that's fast with some of the young guys, especially the really young guys. But they do seem to be going to younger, younger captains these days. But I still think it – st- do you think it makes a big deal anymore? I think it's, it's a huge deal to these guys yeah. who they want it. But I think that it definitely has changed over time to just go to the, okay, you're a best player. Because I think the best player in a room demands respect automatically. On, on every level, that guy who just called in – the minor league team. Well, they're going to listen to the kid who's the best player because at the end of the day. In a minor league team, I, I can see that. But and I that s- used to happen on the minor league. Little, the minor teams I played on, too, the minor league teams, too. It was just like, well, who's our best player or who's the coach's it's son? them. Somebody, somebody, got, somebody got the C. And now I feel like that's matriculated down or up, I guess, to the NHL level. Yeah. Uh, it Things have changed, too. And, I mean, somebody who's in their 20s is going to see way differently than I see. And I'm, shall I say, not in my 20s. But to me, I still think the captaincy is a big deal and a topic of conversation. I, I just had somebody still talking captain. Holy smokes. Yeah. And Halford and Bruff were doing it earlier. And I was just thinking, you know what? That's a, that's a good topic as they were kicking around and their choice of in, I believe, if I heard them correctly, their choice was Hughes from an obvious standpoint, and I, I, my choice is not Hughes. My choice, again, remains with Miller, but they could certainly go with three A's during the year. But I think Tockett wants to stick a C on somebody, uh, but they could go with three assistants. Be interesting. Back to the thing, when Hughes was the guy who gave the walk-off speech at Santa Rice to the crowd at the end of the season, I that's a big wow moment to me if I'm trying to connect dots. I'm like, whoa, okay, well, maybe other guys declined to give that talk. But when you had Hughes do it, that tells me how highly regarded Tockett and the Canuck franchise is, obviously, with Hughes and the way he handles himself. So that's one thing that has me thinking, hmm, the Vegas odds makers would think, oh, that's probably not a bad sign. But to me, I do want some fire and brimstone, and I don't think that has ever changed in hockey. One of the reasons the Canucks keep missing the playoffs because they don't have enough fire and brimstone guys. Look at the teams that make the playoffs and usually do well in the playoffs. They usually got some fire and brimstone guys, some guys who just, I am not losing no matter what, and I am PO'd if I do, and that's Miller. Canucks need not to have a, necessarily say Miller, but they need three or four more guys like that. Forward and D, snarls, if you want to be winners. So if I want to go with more vanilla guys and keep slapping C's on and just kind of keep saying, well, you know, this race for ninth is, a, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, go find a Kevin Bieksa. Then yeah, yeah, resign Bieksa, bring him in. Uh, Jay says, uh, I agree. Wait another year with a captain. 
So Jay's with you. You're waiting a year, though. I'm right? waiting a year. You're waiting a year. Because I'm not... what, if, what if this Canucks team, who once again, their goal is to make the playoffs, you know, what if they come 11th or 12th? Yeah, well, you know. It's like, okay. like. But I'm not going to peel a C off somebody if I come 11th or 12th. Right, but I'm saying if but if the opposite happens and they come 7th or 8th and they squeeze in and you see someone take a step forward, maybe that's who you should put the C on. It proves. Because they, this team hasn't been successful. This team hasn't achieved anything remotely close to what they've wanted to. So I'm not sure anybody on this team is deserving of getting a captaincy. Yeah. Yet I want if I think by having the proper captain I can win a few more games next year because I have that guy who's dragging us through. If I think that it would make a difference to a player or to the team, then I gotta stick a C on something. And that's where I agree with you that the person that would make the most difference for it would be like, I'm wearing the C, I'm gonna drag it through, would probably be Miller. And I'm on Miller, because Miller also is a talk at fit. Uh, somebody saying if they pulled the room and nobody got 80% of votes for captain, then you run three A's. Yeah, I don't know if the players are voting on captain, but interesting, though. Pull the players. Let's make the results public. Yes, yeah, so pull the players. Well, even if it was confident, pull the players, see who they like. If they if they like somebody, go with it. If somebody doesn't get 8 out of 10 votes, yeah, you yeah, never mind. Uh Brendan G. I keep thinking Brendan Gallagher. I think the guy should uh, try and re-sign Tyler Mott. Uh, he does not say to give him the captaincy. By the way, I like Tyler Mott in Vancouver, but I've seen the Tyler Mott movie, so I would I take the zero. But uh, Tyler Mott has done great survivor in the National Hockey League as well. No rush for captain yet. Team hasn't got identity yet anyway. This, by the way, will tie in a little bit to when someone who'd written in and just said, Captain Talk all show long. Holy smokes. Uh, I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm assuming it's like, wow, that's two hours of Captain Talk with Rick Campbell of the BC Lions in there. I'll, I'll take it that way rather than what a great idea. But, yeah, sometimes you just morph down this road and the, our inbox has been inundated with Captain Talk. So that is the road that has been chosen. So to change, we had 10 minutes or so to go here. I'll slightly change here. And talk about the Leafs. Yes, that's what you got. No captain talk, man. Holy smokes. The Leafs. Because the Leafs, I have to mock them, though. I'll tell you, I'm going to mock the Leafs. Why not? Sheldon Keefe added two more assistant coaches today. Guy Boucher is back. I loved him with Tampa Bay years ago, behind the bench, by the way. So I'm glad he's getting a shot here. But Guy Boucher and Mike Van Ryn have been added as assistant coaches to Sheldon Keefe. The Maple Leafs will go to training camp with a five-man coaching crew, which goes nicely with the Maple Leafs' five assistant general managers. Never mind. Five assistant general managers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, who needs five assistant? Who should need five assistant? general managers. You, need, you got one. Do I need five of you? Or am I just, everyone gets a title instead of a raise. You got a title. Can't give you a raise, but now you're assistant GM. In fact, pay cut coming, but you're an assistant GM. Five coaches for the Leafs, head coach and four assistants. Will they jam them all behind the bench? Because they're running out of room behind the bench. Even the Canucks, when you got, you got like four, Four guys behind the bench any given time with the Canucks. You can put a trainer or two in there. There's not, almost not room for the players. Back in the day, I didn't see things have changed. 
You had a head coach and a trainer. That's behind the bench. Then you got into the 80s, you had an assistant coach and a trainer. That's behind the bench. But more just keep adding assistant coaches. I'm looking for answers. I can't figure out how to get over the hump. Leafs can't win a cup. We finally won a round, but I can't get over the add an assistant. The Canuck keep adding assistant coaches. So five assistant GMs in Toronto, five coaches now. Leafs clearly trying to prove that more is actually less in Toronto. That's what they're up to. They got other issues, what to do with Matthews and all these other guys too in Toronto. Maybe it takes five assistant GMs to figure out what to do with Matthews and the rest of the boys. Uh, speaking of sort of the Leafs, Kyle Dubas in Pittsburgh. I'm going to get somebody on from Pittsburgh to talk about the Penguins next week. How much shelf life do they have left? This would be interesting. I don't know where teams find room for players sometimes. You look at the Penguins and their salary issues over the years and all the stars that they have been paying. Kyle Dubas, prez of the Pens, is or at least has approval to go out and try and make a trade for Eric Carlson out of San Jose. There's a few problems. One is he makes $11.5 million for the next four years. Uh, more of these ridiculous long-term contracts that the players keep getting offered, or that's the going rate. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Crystal Tang have both endorsed, yes, go get us Carlson. They also are running out of time in their careers. They have, they have games to play, but they're not kids anymore. Crosby and Latang what want to win? One or eleven and a half million dollar hip, four more years. San Jose not wanting to retain salary cap. That's among other re- salary. That's another reason why they're trying to get rid. I don't really want to pay you to play for the other guy. Uh, the Penguins are two and a half million over the cap right now. So and they still have a player. I think a player or two to sign. So if Carlson ended up there, any reigning Norris Trophy winner, he's still got game, healthy as well, if that lasts. Uh, but anyway, if the Penguins can somehow make a deal, send players back and even it up salary-wise, I might trade Malkin if I had the chance to, by the way. Best days may be long behind Malkin. But otherwise, uh, the Penguins are looking potentially at acquiring for one more run they are looking at potentially acquiring uh, Malkin. I'm trying to find his salary, too. It's just like so. all these teams, right? If you have some studs, you have some stars, you're all top-heavy. Uh, Sid the Kid. Sid, not so much the kid anymore. He's 35, but he's Sid the Kid. He's making $8.7 million. Malkin seems like a steal at 6.1. That's crazy. And he's got three years to go at 6.1. Three years at 6.1. And he's 36. Wow. I know. Uh, Jake Gensel, he's making six mil. He's unrestricted next year. You could, f- could you flick Gensel back in two ma- two forty goal seasons for him? Uh, and then you get into if I'm going to go to Brian Rust at five mil, Michael Grandlin at five mil. Like you could send Grandlin there. Malkin put up eighty three points last year. Played all eighty two games. That surprises me. I didn't I didn't check his stats, but I didn't know he was still putting those eighty three points. Twenty seven fifty six. Six point one mil. That's that's a steal at six point one mil, I guess. What's Miller eight? Miller's making eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm all can sign this deal a while back, but they got to move up. And then you're into uh, into uh, 
Jeff Petrie making 6.2 and Latang's making 6.1, and that's would I would say low for Latang too. Although, and that Latang deal, don't get me started. I mean, he's 36 now, and he's got five, and he's running out of gas. He's got five years left at 6.1. Like, okay, you got some of these deals on the books. These teams, like, holy smokes. Uh, Tristan Jerry and goals making you know 5.3, but they're gonna have to try and move somebody back. So uh, ultimately, I'd be like. Honestly, well, you know, if I want, if I want to, you got to give something up to get something. Would San Jose have any interest in a Malkin? In which case, okay, you take six one a Malkin. We'll take your eleven five. I still got to find five million dollars, and I'm two and a half over the cap. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done there, but you might see a a Gensel or a Malkin on the move, or even a you know, even a Petrie and all the no movement clauses all over the place. Anyway, that's what the Penguins are up to. They're looking to try and find a way to get Eric Carlson into Pittsburgh and the last shot at now their aging core. Even Gensel's 28. He was just, he was just a kid not long ago. But uh, the studs and the Penguins, that's what they're looking at there as well. The battle outies. Anthony in White Rock. Like the league now, everyone's going young. Hughes will be captain. Oh, he's got brothers. It's in the bloodline. So, and they are naming younger captains. Even when Landeskog was named captain, I'd have to do math on this, and that's not my forte. Uh, I thought he was a pretty young choice for Colorado at the time, and you know you could lobby. And that's the way you you guys can all be right. That's the way the league is going. I just think from what I'm looking for from my captain, I don't just want the young guy who p- produces points. I don't know what Hughes is bringing inside that locker room. Landeskog was 19. There you go. Ben Bashran, ladies and gentlemen, on drums. 11 days younger than Sidney Crosby. Sid the Kid. Who was also named captain at 19. It'd be funny if uh, Duncan says, would you trade for Sidney Crosby? And he says no, obviously. But it's funny, I'm thinking, you could have Crosby and Latang both saying, you know, we could use this Carlson guy and you got to trade someone to get him. Well, Sid, we traded you. I think there's some no trades in there for Sid the Kid. We're in the last minute of play now, aren't we? We are. We're in the last minute of play. What happens next? In the fourth quarter, I guess. We're deep into Well, we played two halves today, so yes, we would be in the last minute. For the Lions tomorrow. For the Lions tomorrow. Lions tomorrow. Fun starts 11 in the morning in the uh, Terry Fox Plaza with entertainment and food and gifts and toys and cheerleaders and suntans and... Lots of baby oil. That's the plan for tomorrow. And then the games, and that's just me. <laughs> then yeah. I will towel down and head inside for the big game that starts at 4 o'clock, Lions and Riders tomorrow. Uh, ben, buddy, thanks, pal. Hope thanks I see for you. having me. Thank you for being had. <laughs> uh, ben Bastron producing the program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all the kind words in the inbox, too. Uh, I'm back on Monday at high noon, of all things, unless, of course, the boss was listening, in which case we will rerun a program. Otherwise, I'll be here at noon. Thanks for listening. I'm Brooke Ward. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night from Sportsnet 650.